Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode seven, lucky seven of the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. I'm Spencer Ehrenfeld, and today I am joined by my co-host, as always, Nori Ehrenfeld. Hey, Nori. Hi, everybody. We have a super special guest with us today. Nori, tell everyone who our guest is. Uh, today we have John Hoover, who was an extern or intern for my father, uh, also is a, a UM law student, and also works in an organization called Lawyers to the Rescue, and we're going to learn about that today. Correct. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Spencer, and hello to everyone at home. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. We wish you were here in person. Unfortunately, during this pandemic, uh, everyone's working remotely. And as Nori described, you are one of the most important law students over there at the University of Miami, my alma mater. Um, what's it like now for law students dealing with the coronavirus? How are things going studying off campus? Well, it certainly presents some challenges. Um, Trying to study at home is like trying to exercise at home. When you go to the gym, you're, you're able to get in the, in, in the mood. And studying at home, you're not able to study at the library. You're not able to be around your friends. And it, it's a little challenging. But at the same time, there's um, some silver linings. When you don't have to be in class and you don't have a certain time that you have to be somewhere, you're able to have more flexibility in your schedule. So if we can leverage that to our advantage, I think everything will be all right. You know, John, one of my concerns was when the office, physical office shut down and everyone started working remotely, I kept going to the office. Today's really only the second day that I've worked from home. Um, but I already found like this morning, I didn't put a suit and tie on. I, of right. course, meetings start at eight o'clock on the dot. I can't, I can't say I'm late because of the commute or anything. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it's changing my own professional mentality, not being in an office. I just don't work as well from home as I do, you know, in an office environment. So Yeah, I go ahead. Yeah, no. So in, in terms of studying, man, and in classes, what, how are the classes being conducted? So the classes have shifted to fully online. And again, there's a trade-off with anything. So you don't get the, the direct interaction with the professor like you would in in class because it's harder to ask questions and it's harder to interact with each other when the professor serving as a moderator but there's 50 to 100 people all wanting to chime in with their questions and is it on zoom is that how they're doing it most professors are on zoom some other ones are using blue jeans i had never heard of blue jeans have you and and so you've got a hundred law students dialed in at one time for one class yeah, it can be, depending on the size of the class. Um, I, my evidence class, I think, has 60 or 70. And, and are you doing the class live, or are you watching a recording? So for that particular class, we're doing it live. And then another class I have, we're watching the recordings. Do the professors take attendance? I believe so. I believe so, because it, it will show <clears throat> on the right-hand side all the members that are logged in. I see. So but I think it's to the I think it's up to the professor, their discretion. So John, this time of year is coming up to finals. Um, how are they this going week. To, this week are finals. Oh, well, thanks yep. for taking the time to be with us. What finals sure. do you have this week? So tomorrow I have a commercial law exam, and then Thursday I have my evidence exam. Oh my! And so, how are they conducting law school exams during the coronavirus? So. Finals. 
so I think in that respect, it's going to be beneficial to the students because you're able to take the exam at home and it's a take home exam and it's open book. So I think that will alleviate a lot of the pressure that coincides with having to perform under test anxiety um, without having reference to your notes. And is there a time limit when you take the final? There is. So we have to download the exam um, from the exam for website and then we have to submit it by I think midnight. And so the honor code really comes in handy because this will ensure that people are not Googling the answers and things like that. Right, right. Well, it's a good thing that we're lawyers. Yeah, our soon-to-be lawyers. Uh, wow, what a challenging, challenging time. And, and as a law student, of course, looking slightly past finals, I'm sure, and I don't know if you know this, Nori, but in law school, most of the courses have no test for the entire year. You can go from, from September to May without, a cert, without any exam, and then you have one exam in May for the entire year. That's great. Um, looking beyond the finals, I mean, I'm sure a lot of, of your student friends and associates are looking as to what kind of jobs are they're going to have for the summer. What's summer employment and internships and, and things like that looking like? Well, the, the legal field is part of the economy. They're not immune to this pandemic. And so a lot of employers have been forced to revoke the offers that they had. But to compensate for that, I've heard that the empl some employers that are canceling the, the summer work are actually extending full-time offers after graduation. Oh, that's good. And is there any kind of like stimulus package to help law students who've had their summer associate positions canceled? Is, is UM offering anything or has the government got anything that you're aware of? So UM does have a relief package that you can apply for. And then I, I'm not, I can't give legal advice, but right. if, if this, if a law student is an independent contractor for their firm, like I am, then you are eligible for some of the, the economic relief package from the government. Have you applied? I did. I, I was a little late to the application process for the first wave, but the second wave opened up this morning and oh. I'll get it in today. All right, well, we'll try to wrap this up so that you don't miss that video. <laughs> hey, John, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, Nori alluded to you being an extern at Lawyers to the Rescue. Uh, you are the very first official extern uh, for that non-for-profit. Tell everybody, first of all, what Lawyers to the Rescue does and uh, how you secured that externship and, and what it meant for you. Sure. So Lawyers to the Rescue is a, a not-for-profit organization, and it's composed of members of the, the legal profession. And what we do, our primary focus has been on the homeless, and it will continue to be that way. But with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's, it's the first time that a crisis has really hit close to home that, that affects the general population. And so now we're branching out and trying to help out in other areas as well. And so tell us about your externship. How did that come about? Um, and, and what, what benefit right. was it to you and, and to the organization to have that? Right. So the Career Development Office at the University of Miami, they offer externships, whereas a student can gain practical experience while receiving academic credit. And so Lawyers to the Rescue, because it was a nonprofit, 
it meets the, the qualification criteria to be part of the externship. And so I met with the career development office, uh, my advisor, Debbie Rowe, and the director, Sajani, and they worked with us hand in hand every step of the application process, and we were able to push it through. Um, it was a, a tremendous learning experience for me this semester, and I'm excited about the, the prospects in the future so that other students can have the same opportunity that I did. So if there's a emerging 1L that's watching this, um, or someone who's thinking about going to law school and has a real passion for helping the homeless, how would they go about uh, applying for the externship? So they should be able to go directly through the website, but they could also reach out to either you or I directly. Okay, great. Um, and I think that's really wonderful, John, that you're going to take the time and energy to sort of pass it down to the, to the next generation, if you will, uh, Absolutely. so that they could have that benefit too. Um, hey, Nori, do you have any questions? Uh, I don't really have any questions in particular because I find this to be an extremely relatable podcast in terms of my own life as a college student yep. during this pandemic. Um, I would say, like, as a point for people to hear, um, I can't necessarily speak on what it'd be like in law school, but the hardest thing I've experienced as a scholar um, in this time would be not necessarily, like, doing the assignments and, like, keeping up to date with classes, but rather like maintaining the same level of passion that you have for certain courses. Like for instance, I, I'm minoring in art history and mostly solely because it's like a huge passion of mine. And like my art history class, um, which, you know, I wake up in the morning for that class, excited to go to the lectures uh, and looking forward to it all day. And now the teacher, you know, basically made like online lectures, which are significantly less um, intuitive and like interactive so it's just been harder and, and in a way it's just kind of a, a sad that like it's like you can't really you know fully practice your passion in terms of like being able to be that student that you are well I hope I hope that you'll communicate to the professor what your experience is being on the other side of this as a student that it, whatever that professor is or isn't doing isn't flaming the fire but I think regardless, um, it wouldn't, there's nothing truly like being in that classroom. So no matter how many interactive courses she decides to implement, not being there is itself already a limiting experience. Yeah, you know, John, I guess that's true of any student who is listening to this that's thinking they're going to get the same experience by taking, you know, virtual uh, online classes. They're really, I guess, missing out as to what you would get sitting in a real classroom environment. I absolutely agree. There, there's, there's no simulation for actually being in the environment. Right. Right. I am finding though, strangely, we do these, you know, you, you've been part of these morning meetings in my office before. We're doing these morning meetings. So I'm here in Coral Gables, Hayashi's in Hialeah, of course, Abby's in Gainesville, Anna's in Kendall. For, for whatever reason, does, with Zoom in particular, I'm not, I'm not missing much in terms of that. But I haven't, I haven't done depositions, well, I've done a lot of remote depositions, but I haven't done depositions during this uh, pandemic. But even depositions, I don't find that I'm missing that much even cross-examining somebody. This is so incredible, this technology for me. Uh, it, might, it might be different in an academic environment than it is in a, in a professional environment. Yeah. 
But anyway, John Hoover, we wish you the very best. Good luck with finals. Thank you. I want to take a second more of your time. Uh, thanks again for all the hard work you've been doing for Warriors to the Rescue and for other students at the University of Miami. Uh, would you be willing to share your contact information if people have some questions? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free to reach out to me via email. My email address is set up just like my name. It's John, J-O-H-N, dot Hoover, H-O-O, V is in Victor, E is in Eddie R, at Miami.edu. Fantastic. Thanks again for your time. Good luck in finals, and I hope to see you in person sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you all. All right. All right.